<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, April 29th. I am Kyle Hillier. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Ubisoft is teasing the next Assassin's Creed. Google made a bunch of Stadia announcements. There are some new near replicant details. Indivisible released for Nintendo Switch so suddenly that the developer didn't even know it was happening. And Reggie Fizeme is starting a podcast. Assassin's Creed is teasing its next setting. Ubisoft is taking an interesting approach to revealing the next setting for Assassin's Creed this morning by having digital artist Boss Logic livestream the creation of a piece of art for the game. Starting early this morning, Boss Logic began putting together a piece that showed two environments, a castle on a hill on the right and a snowy mountainside on the left, split down the middle by a silhouette of what appears to be a muscular man who is not wearing a shirt. Ubisoft is a publisher-slash-developer notorious for its leaks, and the rumor that has been circulating for the next Assassin's Creed is that it will take place in a Viking era. At the time of this recording, the reveal looks to be heading in that direction. If that is what it is, it definitely seems like a cool era to explore. A feudal Japan era for Assassin's Creed still seems to be the one that everyone is continuously clamoring for, but I am eager to see what this next Assassin's Creed looks and plays like. By the time you're listening to this, the art piece might be complete and the setting may have been revealed, but I will let you know tomorrow. I will check back in. Google brings PUBG to Stadia during its Connect press conference and a number of other smaller announcements. Google held a Stadia press conference yesterday, which is basically Google's take on a Nintendo Direct where it evangelized the platform, made some announcements, and saved what it considered to be the best for last, which was the announcement that PUBG was immediately available to play on Stadia. It was overall a little underwhelming as the releases Google was elevating were mostly games that we've already played that have been available on other platforms for some time. The 16-minute show kicked off with Phil Harrison from his home, reminding everyone that you can sign up for Stadia Pro right now for free, which is a good deal, and you should definitely check it out if you're interested in Stadia at all. And they revealed that EA is coming to Stadia and that Madden, FIFA, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and two other EA games are all coming to Stadia later this year. From there, the Kinect conference moved on to announcements that Doom Eternal and Octopath Traveler were both available right away and Rock of Ages 3 would be coming soon. The Turing Test, a very cool puzzle game with an interesting sci-fi story, SteamWorld Heist, a very cool strategy game starring steampunk robots and Zombie Army 4, a fun Left 4 Dead inspired World War II zombie shooter would all be available to pro subscribers in May. Zombie Army 4 is also getting Blood Count, 
which is described as a new hell cult mission. I played, beat, and reviewed Zombie Army 4 for IGN, and I am not sure what a hell cult mission is, but it's new content, which is cool. One of the more interesting announcements came next for a game that will come to Stadia first called Krayta, C-R-A-Y-T-A. It has a little bit of a Fortnite aesthetic to it, and it lets players build and create environments and games together. The footage of the game even showed off some programming options. It's one of those games that if it finds its audience and its community, it could be really cool. Wave Break is another first on Stadia game that looks a little bit like a Tony Hawk throwback, except you're pulling off crazy tricks on a little boat in the water. Ember is a game that was announced a while ago. It's spelled E-M-B-R, and it imagines a world where, in the same way services like Uber and Lyft have formed a gig economy around taxi services, an Ember firefighting has been turned into a gig profession, and freelance firefighters travel house to house to stop fires, and then they get rated on their performance. It's coming to Stadia on May 21st. Get Packed should not be confused with Moving Out, but you would absolutely be forgiven if you did confuse the two, as both are co-op games inspired by Overcooked about moving furniture out of homes and onto moving trucks. It's out on Stadia now, and it's only on Stadia now, and it has online multiplayer, which is something Moving Out lacks. The big announcement that Google saved for last is that PUBG is on Stadia, and it's free for pro subscribers, which means it is essentially free on Stadia right now, which isn't the case on any other platform, and it features cross-play and some Stadia-inspired equipment for your player, like a red Stadia parachute and stuff like that. And finally, the Kinect presentation ended with a tease that there will be more information about Orcs Must Die 3 in the summer, which is a fun series all about setting up various traps to prevent an onslaught of orcs trying to invade your base. I like the Stadia Connect format, and I like that PUBG is basically free on that platform, but the announcements were overall underwhelming. Pretty much every game shown, with a few exceptions, is available already on another platform and has been available for some time, and the new Stadia First games that were shown weren't super interesting, and they will be available on other platforms later. We do know that Stadia has some interesting games in the works. It established a studio in Los Angeles, California, and stole Shannon's stud still away from Sony and the God of War series to make something, but we have no idea what that is. I'm pretty certain it is way too early to start teasing whatever that studio is working on, but... I think that's what Stadia really needs right now. A big, impressive exclusive. Even if it's a ways out, I would be a lot more eager to invest in Stadia if I knew there was something big on the horizon that I could only play on Stadia. Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu has some new Near Replicant remaster details. Near Replicant is the upcoming remaster of the original Near. It's complicated, though, because this is a remaster of a version of Nier that actually never came out in North America. Replicant is essentially the same as the version we got in North America, a game about a father trying to save his daughter in the future, but instead of the protagonist being a father, it's a brother trying to save his sister in Nier Replicant. Since Nier Replicant's remaster announcement, we've been curious what it will entail. Is it a remake? 
Is it just a straight remaster port for current-gen consoles? Or is it somewhere in the middle? The latest issue of Famitsu offers a few answers, according to at Storm Yorha on Twitter, who translated some details from the website ryokucha2089.com. According to at Storm Yorha's translation, the director of the original game, the sequel, and this remaster, Yoko Taro, says it is much more than a remaster. The gameplay has been reworked a little to please Automata fans. Platinum Games, the developer behind Near Automata, is lending assistance. It will have the same dialogue, but new voice acting is being recorded. There will be new characters. There might be a new ending. And the actors who played protagonists 2B and 9S in Near Automata are involved. Just because those actors are involved doesn't necessarily mean they will be playing those characters. It could just be a fun cameo, or it could mean Yoko Taro is adding content to connect the two games more directly, which would be pretty interesting. It's safe to assume the gameplay changes will be present in the English release for the game, but the voice acting part is unclear. But I also think if they're re-recording voice work for the Japanese release, it probably necessitates re-recording for the English release too. Plus, the protagonist for this game was not in the English release, and they're adding new characters, so I'm, I'm sure they're pulling people into recording studios, both here in North America and in Japan. I watched my wife play a lot of the original Nier and was always interested in playing it myself, but I never got around to it, so I am excited for this re-release as it feels like a good excuse to finally play that game. I played and beat Nier Automata once, and I thought it was okay, but everyone says that game gets really, really good on your third playthrough, which was just too much of a commitment for me. It was just too much repeated content to wade through to get to new, interesting stuff. It's one of those games that I always pretend I will get back to at some point, though. Whenever it comes time to clear up my hard drive, it's always one I refuse to delete and I lie to myself and say, I'll play that at some point. I better keep it around. And quickly, speaking of Nier, apparently Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers patch 5.3 released recently, and it features a Nier crossover that, quote, introduces the next chapter in the Yorha Dark Apocalypse Alliance Raid series, according to a press release. I admittedly don't know what a lot of those words mean, but it seems very exciting for Nier and Final Fantasy fans. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
Indivisible suddenly releases for Nintendo Switch without the developer's knowledge. Indivisible surprise released for Switch yesterday. It was so surprising, in fact, that the game's developer didn't even know it released. Mike Zymont, project lead and lead designer on Indivisible from developer Lab Zero Games, tweeted a picture of himself shrugging his shoulders, holding up a Switch playing Indivisible, and wrote, Hey, that thing everyone wanted, which is written in all caps, Indivisible is out right now, digitally, for a Nintendo Switch in North America. Feel like you missed the announcement? You're not alone. Our team found out because people on Twitter sent us congratulations. I had no idea, but there it is. To make matters more weird and confusing, Zymont followed up that tweet with a few more that read, The Switch version of Indivisible itself is great. The porting group did seriously excellent work. Runs at a stable frame rate, even handheld. However, the old build that was apparently now released doesn't have co-op, New Game Plus, or anything else recent. I checked myself. No release date announcement, no lead-up PR at all. It's missing current features like co-op. The eShop art is the wrong image. This launch does not represent the quality standards of Lab Zero. It just doesn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't us. But hey, it's 20% off. I'm really glad Indivisible is on Switch. It's a good RPG that feels at home on a handheld. You can actually find my review for the game on fanbyte.com. But I totally understand Zymont's frustration with the game releasing this way. It must be some kind of weird clerical error on Nintendo's side where the wrong date was set or something. But you only get one shot at launching a game. And I'm sure Zymont and Lab Zero feel like theirs has been squandered. Hopefully it gets sorted out soon, and even if the version of the game that's on the store right now is not the fully finalized one, I bet it's still worth checking out if you are interested in playing Indivisible on Switch. And hey, like Zymon says, it's 20% off. Reggie Fizeme is starting a seven-part podcast series about video games to raise money for charity. Reggie Fizeme is Nintendo's now former charismatic president who retired last year. Since his retirement, he's been doing various random things like speaking at schools and becoming a member of GameStop's board. And now he is starting a podcast with Harold Goldberg, a writer and reporter who has worked for outlets like Washington Post and NPR. The podcast will be seven episodes, and considering its title is Talking Games with Reggie and Harold, it's safe to assume it will be about video games. On the GoFundMe post about the podcast, it reads, We are raising funds for a new initiative to bring games and games writing courses to high school students in homeless shelters in New York City. While everyone has been hard hit by this terrible COVID-19 virus in some way, the hardest hit underserved communities in the Bronx need our help. And no community has been hit harder than the students in homeless shelters who live in complex situations in the best of times and are having trouble even connecting to a Wi-Fi hotspot right now. These are our communities in need. These are the communities we want to help. There are some additional bonuses that will go along with the podcast for those that are able to donate some money. The GoFundMe post finishes out saying, It's not just a worthy cause with a podcast that begins in mid-May. Donors will get access to extra content from Reggie and our famous guests. Plus, selected donors will be able to ask questions of Reggie. All donors will have first access to purchase some of the Circle's rare video game memorabilia. Should we surpass our goals, funds will continue to help the NYVGCC's mission of educating students with games and journalism in underserved areas. 
It is always fun to hear Fizeme talk outside of Nintendo press conferences. He appeared on the Present Value podcast back in December, and it was really enjoyable to hear him talk about his career and his Super Nintendo obsession. I am excited to listen to this podcast, but I do hope he is willing to loosen his tie a little. I would love to hear his unfiltered thoughts on video games. I don't want to hear him talk about games he dislikes or anything. It's no fun to listen to anyone talk about games they don't like, but I would like to hear him talk about games critically from an artistic point of view as opposed to from a business point of view. While at Game Informer, I covered Nintendo extensively, but I never had a chance to meet or interview Fizeme. I crossed paths with him at various E3s and have seen him present announcements on small stages in person over the years, but I always wanted to chat with him. If he's out making the podcast rounds to promote this new podcast, I would love to talk with him. This is an open invitation. Not many new releases today, save for Dread Nautical, a tactical turn-based RPG about exploring a cruise ship that has been infested with interdimensional monsters. The game comes from Zen Studios, who is primarily known for its pinball games, but they have been successfully branching out lately into other genres. There are also a few release and release date announcements. Pistol Whip, an awesome VR game that feels a bit like a cross between Beat Saber and Superhot, two great VR games, is coming to PlayStation VR this summer. I reviewed that game for IGN, and it is some of the most fun I've had in VR since Beat Saber. I am glad it's coming to new platforms. The Destroy All Humans remake that is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One has a release date now. It is coming on July 28th. If you're unfamiliar, Destroy All Humans is an open-world game where you play as an alien wreaking havoc on Earth. We'll see how its 2005 sense of humor holds up in 2020, in a few short months. That's it for video game news today. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kylem Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. Always looking for reviews for this podcast, so please consider doing that wherever you listen to it. And you can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I'm playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. It's going okay. I'm 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 continually nervous that I'm going to have a hard time in that game, but I, I think I'm going to make it. I'm going to be all right. And then, of course, you can always find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow, and you know what? By then, we'll know where the next Assassin's Creed takes place, which is very exciting. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.